Good morning, everyone. I'm Todd Cochran. Uh, welcome to the new media show. No, actually, it's not. The way we start this show is Ask the Podcast Coach for February 17th, 2024. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com and joining me right over there. It's not Jim Cullison. No, he's out on special assignment and Dave forgot to move the camera because that's uh, that's Rob Greenlee right there. And uh, from the new media show. <laughs> and let's see, you've got your show on YouTube, which is something like podcasting tips with friends or something of that nature. Uh, Correct. And yes. then are you still doing truth? Well, not truth. Um, you have a the bunch trust of factor? trust factor. And he'll begin with a T. Yeah, I haven't been doing as many episodes here the, it, it, as of late, just because there's been a lot of other stuff I've been working on. So I, I definitely want to keep it going, and I, I will. You, you it's are, the old plague of having too many podcasts and not enough time to do them. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's always a great idea. And then you're like, like I have finally right. come to the conclusion that I've tried, I think, five times. And the last time I did it for about two months to do a local podcast, which would be great oh. if I lived in a town that I cared about, but there's just not much in Akron, Ohio. And I didn't want to really cover sports. And I, I kind of wanted to do local politics and then mm-hmm. highlight like local businesses and stuff. And it's just come to my like conclusion that, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm just not that jazzed about, Oh, I can't wait to talk about, you know, whatever. And so I'm actually going to, I have the domain Akron podcast. I'm tempted to contact the city of Akron and just say, Hey, how about you hire me to do your podcast? You provide the content and I'll just assemble it and uh, we'll see what happens. But before we jump into questions, hello to the the chat room. And we do have some sponsors. I don't know if you're aware of this, Rob, but uh, the first one is, and this one's really cool. This is Mark over at uh, Podcast Branding. And what I love about this is I just hired Mark to do yet another logo for me, another piece of album artwork. If you're watching the video right now, You'll see where the School of Podcasting and Podcast Rodeo show. And I'm trying to, well, there you go. Rob's just big on the screen right now. Dave's making up things as he goes along. But the beauty of it is I sent out to uh, Mark and he's like, hey, I'm not quite sure. Like, let's get together and figure out. He wants to understand the show so that the branding is in a line. So if you've uh, ever hired anybody on Fiverr or something like that, they're not doing that. They're not going to sit down with you one-on-one and create great artwork like we have now. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, that's going to be for a show called Your Podcast Website. Speaking of starting new podcasts that you don't have time for, uh, I hired Mark. That was kind of like when I sat about this idea and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this. And so I went out to Mark. And of course, that website is podcastbranding.co. Wow. That's it. Because this is a big coffee theme. Music branding, too, here that goes along with it. Too, <laughs> That's it. Though. And our other uh, sponsor is from Dan from Based on a True Story podcast. And the beauty of this, if you've ever seen a podcast or a movie, especially that, you know, starts off with Based on a True Story, you know, well, Dan goes in and finds out, yeah, how much of that is based and how much of it is not. And so right now he's looking at like the St. Valentine's Day massacre that kind of fits in because we just did Valentine's Day and Young Guns and Greta Garbo and Matahari. So, uh, you know, go check that out and you can find out just how I don't even know. Somebody was trying to explain what 
the because I know you're involved with StreamYard, and yep. the beauty of StreamYard is, man, it's pretty powerful and it's pretty easy. And I, mm-hmm. on a level of, in this case, I'm using Ecamm Live. It's got more bells and whistles, but if you're not super, like, I use this once a week, so I'm always a little rusty anyway when I do this mm-hmm. stuff, and there are times, and then you do things like, oh, wait, I have a different co-host today, so I had to change all the names, and sometimes those things just, you know, it's it's more fun, and, uh, you know, and then you do things that, that, you know, Rob's twice on the screen and things like that, so... <laughs> That's that's always fun. <laughs> well, that's the thing with doing things live. You know, I I'm doing lots of live stuff these days, and and it really helps to have a good tool, you know, that you're familiar with and that you use all the time, and you have you know an understanding of what to expect and transitions and trying to pull people in and things like that. It, it's it can be complicated to create content plus manage the the experience too. It's it's not easy. Well, yeah. and the. The other fun thing is I am being screamed at by the chat room that we have an echo. And we kind of went through this last week and hmm. now it will go away. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that chat room. They were like, is hey, it gone now? It okay. is gone. It's, it's not coming from me, right? No, okay. it's what it is, is when I use, I've been using Ecamm to make tutorials for the school of podcasting. Uh-huh. And if I want to play sound from my Mac into a, you know, program that's recording the Mac, you have to do some some twisting around and silly me, I forgot to change it back. So that should be gone now. But we did, if you have a question, of course, you can throw it in the chat room or if you want to jump in, just like it says above us, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash question. But I thought this was interesting. I saw this, I was in uh, Reddit this morning and looking around and it said, (laughs) here, I want to record. So the question was, what simple equipment do I need to record a walk and talk podcast? And so this person said, I want to record while being on the phone with other people with good audio quality so that I can record all podcast episodes while going for walks with people instead of sitting in front of a computer. What's the simplest setup? And so there were a couple of things there that kind of jumped out at me. A, I want a simple setup. B, I want good audio quality. C, I want to do this on my phone. And I, I politely said, we may have a conflict of interest here because usually, you know, good audio doesn't come while you're walking around. I, I've done that before. I did a uh, a weight loss show, and there on, on occasion, I would just take a portable recorder, and I record it with me. On a, Sometimes I might get fancy and put on a lav, but you still have mm-hmm. traffic. One of my favorite episodes, my audience loved it because I'm walking along and was – luckily there was a fence, but a giant dog came out of nowhere and you just hear me go, yeah, because this giant doggy's coming at me. So I don't know. Do you do you run into a lot of people trying to make podcasts on a phone? Well, I think that there is some technology out there that is enabling that to be possible more. Yeah. You know, this this noise reduction software that uh, there's a couple of different companies that are trying to do that. And I've been involved in a couple of them that have been trying to push their technology out. But I'm not sure that it's it's a seamless thing right now. I think if you're trying to record, that's kind of a, probably an easier model to use noise reduction software than using noise reduction software with like maybe a live program or something like that you're trying to do from your phone. I know even StreamYard has noise reduction capability built into the platform. So if you do do it on your phone, which you can do, 
it will do a certain amount of noise reduction, but I don't know that it's at the state of the art of noise reduction. You know, I've worked with a company called Nomano, which is another one, you know, but it's kind of lavalier based and you can walk around, but it's kind of a self-contained system that doesn't really involve your mobile phone. So, and then there's other platforms that are more software based, but, you know, I think the technology is getting better, Dave. I think being able to do this from your mobile phone and do it anywhere, I I think is where a lot of these companies are trying to go towards is is to enable people to have just more natural conversations, right? Yeah. And in in all sorts of different kind of places, a coffee shop or a conference or or out in the out in nature or whatever, and have that technology help you out, right, with the audio quality side. So yeah. I think we're definitely moving towards that. So you can use StreamYard on your phone? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it actually has a uh, an app right now on iOS. Oh, that's nice. Um, that enables you to bring in a guest. So a guest could use their mobile phone to call into your live show. That's um, cool because I, I I know Riverside does it, and I think Squadcast does too. But I didn't realize Streamyard does. So again, the advantage. Of, yeah, the the cool yeah. thing about Streamyard is they do make things easy. Daniel yeah. has a, a fun comment here. He said, uh, "I remember a guy who once contacted me wanting advice." for how to podcast while fighting in an airsoft gun war to which Daniel <laughs> said, maybe a headset, like you see some, right. boy, that's yeah. I mean, people want to record in a lot of different situations. I've actually found using some of these technologies that, you know, it creates a different experience for the recording of your podcast too. It, it does create more of a disarmed guest or a disarmed conversation where people aren't using like these kind of microphones. Yeah. So they don't, Feel like they're on the radio or whatever they they just feel like they're they're just having a conversation with someone and and this technology kind of enables that kind of experience to happen and it's quite a different mental experience because we're all like conditioned that if you're going to do a quality podcast you got to use you know right. sm7b or something like that and it's like you know the technology is getting better but yeah i well, don't know that it's easy to get access to in all sorts of different situations the the Nomano device that I was talking about, I have it on the shelf behind me. The only problem with that is it's like $2,500, but it doesn't work with a mobile phone. So, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And then Craig says, I remember a, a question about a guy who wanted to podcast in a pub. That, again, is going to need some noise reduction probably by the time you're done. And then right. um, Chris from Castahead says, connecting on StreamYard via phone is seamless. I've had guests actually do that when their Wi-Fi was janky. I hate when things go janky. And uh, their 5G phone That's such was a better. Cool word, it is a good one. That is, it's the word of the yeah. day. So we'll, we'll we'll just try to you know say the magic. I'm word. sure we'll find other janky things that we can talk oh, about. Oh, there's today. there's always room for janky. Absolutely, it sounds like some sort of like show on Nickelodeon at night or something like. Tune in for the Madcap Adventures of Janky. Right. Janky and right. friends. Hey, it sounds like a great name for a new podcast. <laughs> just call it just the janky. janky show. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I remember marketing over coffee with Chris Penn and another dude who I can't remember because this is long. And they did it literally in a coffee shop. And at the yeah. time, it was really cool because it was so not radio. Remember back in the old days, we were trying yeah. not to be radio. And you'd be sitting there and all of a sudden they'd just start grinding beans and they did, they just have to talk over it while it's just going on in the background. But it was the whole time we're like – they're really in a coffee shop. They're this is marketing right. over coffee. Yeah, it's, so it's the experience, Dave. It's like you know, yeah. it's that ambient sound, you know. But yeah. you know, like I did the 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 new media show live on stage at Podfest. Yeah. Just uh, 
just a few weeks ago, and and I used that uh, that Numano device yeah. to lob, lob everybody up, and yeah. and I actually used the audio from that for the podcast, and and it cleaned it up a lot because you imagine doing oh. a live show on stage in the exhibition area, especially with. I mean, I'm sure you remember the the booth that was right next to us. Oh yeah, was so loud, and and it, it's those are challenging audio situations, and and if you want to do more in life, in real life type of recording situations, you kind of have to really think about that noise reduction stuff, so you don't get really distracted by the background sound too much, and you can, as a listener, you can really focus in on the content. Yeah, Gary wins the prize. John Wall is the name I was trying to remember. John Wall and Christopher Penn. And it was, ah, and they had okay. a British woman, John Wool, John Wool, and Christopher Penn. Yeah, that it's Numano. Is that the name of the device that you? Yeah, yeah that thing is some serious voodoo. And what I'm looking forward to is because I know right now maybe the average podcaster. Right here. Oh, here we go. Hold on, we'll we'll fix you up. Right, I'll do this, and then I will drag you over there, and presto. So yeah, it's just this little square thing, and it's got right. a bunch of uh, microphone receivers and. Yeah. You just pop, pop them out and put them on and push this big red button right here and it starts recording. Yeah. And that's, uh, and then somehow it uploads it to the cloud, removes yeah, the background noise. Wi-Fi. Yeah. And this, this base unit has eight microphones around it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it picks up all the ambient sound around you and it uses that, that track in the software to filter out that ambient sound from the actual yeah. recordings from the the little lava, uh, lavalier mics. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Chris says, I have a podcast client mattress store, the owners, uh, mm -hmm. mattress store owners, I see. And we record live in their store on purpose with a shotgun mic. The store audience is actually part of the show and hardly ever distracts. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I know when I've recorded in at like different events, PodFest and podcast movement, and I'll just be in the hallway and that's usually yeah. where I'll have some sort of microphone and I'll just announce I'm here in the hallway at podcast movement. And people say, wow, I kind of felt like I was there. And yeah. as, as long as the background noise isn't louder than it's the overwhelming yeah. the audio, right. Where you can't really hear the conversation. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the goal of it. You know, because it, it is interesting to listen to audio that's recorded in the real world to some degree, as long as it's not too distracting. So, yeah, I was listening to, it's like, uh, there's Kevin Schmidlin, which is Grow the Show, and then there's Deidre Shen, who has Grow Your Podcast, something with Grow, from, from Cap Show. And she was recording mm -hmm. from PodFest. And it was interesting because she must have been at a table, and her and her co-hosts were doing a recap, and people kept coming up and just politely – I think she was calling them over, but they it was just this whole thing where you just felt like they were in the hallway, and people would stop by, hop on mic for three seconds, give their recap, and then, then leave. So – it, it again, I kind of felt like I was there and it's the theater of the mind, I guess, that kicks in in a situation like that. It is. It is. And, and I think increasingly we're seeing shows being, being produced with the spatial audio concept to yeah. it too, which actually gives you a perception of place, especially in like, you know, like a dialogue driven storytelling kind of drama type of a podcast, which are not every podcaster is trying to achieve that kind of a thing, but but it, it does create a different experience in the audio, you know, like the Dolby Atmos yeah. um, technology too is another one that's that's playing around in these areas, and and that's what this 
and Nemano is capable of doing too. There's a bunch of storytellers in Hollywood that are using this because it does have that spatial audio capability where it has place in the audio too, right? I mean, if the voice is coming from the right or the left, it actually has that depth of sound to it. Yeah. When I was at the, I think it's just called the podcast show in London, and they had some sort of car. I think it was a Toyota. I'm not sure what it was, but they had that Dolby Mm -hmm. Atmos or whatever you call it, sound. And they played some Elton John, and I was like, holy cow. It was just- Yeah, it it sounds amazing. Yeah. So that's, again, that's one of those things where, you know, when stuff first comes out, it's always expensive and it's only available on such and such, but eventually it's going to trickle down and they'll have a, a new- you know, special yeah. thing that we can't afford. So, um, and then uh, John Jamango, how much does the new technology that I'm buying cost? I just joined. What is that <laughs> new technology I'm buying name? Okay, it's it's a Nomano. And I remember, I, I want to guess it was around a grand. It's about $2,200. Okay, well, I'm sorry I've yeah. underbid. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, it's brand new. It's only been out a few months. There's also another company out, out there called InSounds, uh, and that's I N. S-O-U-N-D-Z.com, which is another platform that has that heavy noise noise reduction capability too. And they're they're trying to enter the US market with their product as well. So there there are technologies out there that are increasingly growing, especially they're getting linked up with AI technology increasingly, though the AI part of it may be a little bit of a of a marketing spin to them. But Mm. I think that it's also something that we're going to increasingly see get integrated into platforms. You know, I think we've seen a little bit of it with some of the hosting platforms, you know, like a Buzzsprout or whatever, having magic mastering and those kind of technologies in there. And then others have it as well. And, and, you know, it's, it's going to help improve our audio. You know, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of podcasters get into situations where they're even recording at home in less than optimum Oh yeah, recording environments, right? They have hardwood floors, or they don't have pictures on the wall, or something like that, and it creates an echo. So a lot of these technologies now can help eliminate some of that kind of distracting sound. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, a member of the school of podcasting, and you know he's got little kids. He's got uh, you know the houses. You know they're probably thinking about maybe moving, but right now his only spot where he can kind of set up and not cause chaos is a hallway and part of the hallway is a glass sliding door and the floor oh is hardwood. And I oh was boy. like, dude, you are podcasting from an echo chamber. And yeah, so right. there are some plugins that do a pretty good job of removing that excess reverb without degrading the sound. There's always that one little spot you go you're like, Oh, that's pretty good. Then you go just like one click more and you're like, okay, now we're underwater and that doesn't work. But it's amazing to see you because I, I had a weird thing last night. I don't want to turn this into the old guys talking about the old days, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff with my website because I've made some changes and they were not apparently not good. And so I'm going through all these old pages and I have 900. You know, if I say go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, that's a pretty link. There's a plugin I have. I have 900 yeah. pretty links. And oh my so many of them are to products that do not exist. Like, do you remember the thesis theme for WordPress? Because I forgot, like, back in the early days of, like, 2005, WordPress was not, you know, it was kind of a blogging thing. 
And Thesis... It was a very rough product yeah. uh, in the early days. And yeah. Thesis came along. It's like, oh, I can change my colors and I can adjust my how many uh, sidebars I want. And I was like, does that even... No, it, it does not exist anymore. So it was uh, mm -hmm. a fun trip down memory lane. There, but I had a lot of problems with WordPress in the past, you know, where, where you would update a plugin and the whole thing would break, you know, or things like that. I mean, just a common common problems that would happen with that that were frustrating. I mean, I don't know how many times I had to yeah. rebuild my WordPress instance from scratch because the code that got pulled into it through an update just destroyed it. <laughs> yeah, so, I I shot myself in the yeah. foot. And here's the problem, because I use PodPage for most of my sites. And I went in and changed one thing, and I'm rusty now. Like, every time I do things in WordPress, I'm kind of rusty. And I made a change, mm -hmm. and it was it was something like in the – settings you put like what your domain is and i changed it so that when i went back to the website it kept forwarding and it was just so luckily the guy at uh i use maple grove partners and he's he's pretty good it's it's a guy and his dad so you're not getting 24 7 response but i was like hey i really shot myself in the foot you know can you restore and he did but it was i think that was my final straw so i'm looking into actually moving the school of podcasting onto pod page mm -hmm. so we'll ah. we'll see if that happens but some other quote. Now, now that you're here, I'll just this is going to be the Rob show, as it should be. If you guys don't know who Rob is, Rob's been podcasting since really before podcasting. You're doing radio oh, shows. Was, yeah, he's. Well, uh, I was working with a lot of kind of podcast like distribution companies and platforms before podcasting started. Yeah. So, like back in 2023, I was working with my own content, my own show with yeah. Microsoft on a platform called Sync and Go. Yeah. And they actually started. I'm glad that. to see I'm not the only one. You said 2023. I'm. I uh, I I did a blooper when I was inducting Daniel. You meant two thousand three, I'm assuming. Two thousand. Yes. Correct. See, I said twenty seventeen, and it was two thousand. Yeah, you get so used to saying the twenty twenty <laughs> thing that you forget to put the zero yeah. in there. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was about two thousand three to two thousand five. So they actually killed the platform. It, it basically was a platform that worked with Windows XP and wow. Pocket PC devices. There you go. So, There's some phrases I haven't heard in a while. Right, right. Well, so you could transfer media files from your PC computer to your portable media player, which was the Pocket PC device. Nice. Well, Craig wants to know, uh, what's your show prep like for your YouTube, YouTube live stream show? Do you read some text from a teleprompter? Are you learning? Are you leaning on AI for scripting and show prep? What's your... When you're yeah, doing I do like, have a... Yeah, I have a large teleprompter here that I use, and I I do use AI for my outlines and things like that. But I also use a AI with a note of caution because so sometimes it uses words that are not natural to me. And I don't typically, I mean, I script it out pretty well, but I rarely entirely follow the script that closely. It's more just keep me on track with what I want right. to talk about. And then I put it in my own natural words usually is what, what, what I do with that too. So really, really the show prep is really more about mentally preparing me for what I want to cover. But since it is a live show, not unlike this show where there's a lot of comments and questions, I get a lot of that on my show on StreamYard. And so it can be rather distracting from any kind of a strict outline. So you want to take it where your audience wants it to go and then balance it with topics that you want to make sure you cover, especially if you have a guest. And that's kind of the format for live. And it's different than a pre-recorded show. Yeah, I always laugh when I 
I played with a bunch of different AI tools, but I remember the one day I went into Cast Magic and mm-hmm. it had a thing for post this on LinkedIn. And I'm here to tell you, 20% of the text were emojis. And I'm like, I don't know yeah. if it thinks I'm a 17-year-old girl or what, but I'm like, I don't do emojis like that as yeah. much. I'm not anti-emoji. I'm just like, yeah, this this is not how I would type this. And it's always things like, in this truly exciting episode, right. it blah, uses blah. words that I wouldn't normally yeah. use. Like, yeah, so right. there, there are times when I will go, and I am always, ha- I need to just set it up to go, please write this in first person. Because I know on the last episode of The Future of Podcasting was like, Join Dave Jackson and Daniel J. Lewis as they, you know, dive into the highly controversial, exciting, yeah. more adjectives that you can think of podcast. And I was like, really? Like, uh, yeah, you're not going to read that as part of your intro either. That's not going to. Yeah, that's not going to come across yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, I, I use it as a brainstorming tool, and I usually go, "Ooh, I like part of number one, and maybe yeah. some of three, and a little of seven, and make my own." Because I don't know. Are you developing a skill to to spot AI text? Well, I think there are cur- certain characteristics of the output that you can associate with AI, definitely, and how it formats content. And that's why I tend to change that. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily look like it's formatted that way. And then then I, I spend a lot of time on the, on the delete button with AI-generated <laughs> stuff, and I spend a lot of time on the keyboard changing it. And then also... I also run Grammarly also, and it yeah. tears apart AI-generated content. So <laughs> it's it. So you've got this battle of AI tools that are battling yeah. over the content that's being being generated. And I do like the combination of having like Chat G- GPT create the original content and then run it through Grammarly, and then at the end, I I make the final edits. So there's like a three-step process to this. Well, there you go. I didn't know this. Did you know this? Gary is saying emojis are taboo now because they play havoc with screen readers, and I'm trying to oh, avoid them on social media. That's interesting. I didn't know people were even reading. Well, no, if I you're, guess if you're blind, screen, yeah, yeah, right. If there are there are a lot of yeah, I had this this thing that came to my head about feed readers, not screen readers. So yeah, yeah. if you no, ever I can see where that would be the case, have yeah. you ever seen someone use one of those? It's amazing because yeah, I have, actually, yeah. After a while, they they just it sounds almost like gibberish because I mean we're used to maybe speeding up things to you know one point seven five maybe two x but this just sounded like I'm like what is that he's like and then he told me I'm like you can understand it and he goes yeah he goes it's it's a skill that you just kind of pick up after a while and it was pretty amazing so we have it's a, like a short code or something like that yeah. it's like a short code or something right? yeah yeah I have a, a friend of mine. He's he's known on the radio as Trapper Jack, and I never knew for years that Trapper Jack is blind. And he does a, a few shows. I just remember the tagline, which is driving me nuts. It's real people and real miracles. Oh, it's something Faith Live. I'm sorry, Trapper. But anyway, and I went to his house, and he was showing me. He's I guess he's legally blind. Like his text is like you know giant on his screen, and he can kind of do things. But you know, it's like anything else. You you learn your way around it, but. Uh, we have a question from Ralph from the Ask Ralph podcast. He says, are you finding success from podcasters creating YouTube shorts and FB Reels, meaning Facebook, to promote your show and episodes? That seems to be, I don't know if it's working. I know a lot of people are doing it. I don't know. Do you know of anybody that's like, wow, that's really working? Well, I think it depends on what you think it 
you know, what your goals are from it. And, yeah. you know, I, I think, I mean, I tend to think about it as almost like it's a separate content channel and it's hard to expect that there's going to be conversion to something else from that. I think we need to think about it as a kind of its own thing and success comes from whatever numbers that come out of that particular medium, right? It's a separate kind of medium. It's this vertical video stuff and, and I see larger numbers over there because it's so convenient and it's algorithmically presented to the consumption side of things where on the on the live side or the podcasting side it's it's more of an intentional kind of discovery process so you're kind of comparing apples to oranges there when it comes to the consumption behavior and what the content actually is too it's usually a lot shorter too yeah i know for me I almost avoid shorts right now because when I do, I sneeze away an hour. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> your, your life goes by, and you'll never get it back. <laughs> yeah. And there was one guy, and I can't remember his name, but every time he came by, he's super sarcastic. And he'll be like, mm-hmm. Did you see in the paper today? Something, 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 blah, 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 snarky, snarky. And then he ends by drinking a, a thing out of his coffee, and it's super short. And he always mm-hmm. makes me laugh. He yeah. was the one that was, uh, I discovered there's a thing called time blindness for for people that just can't get to work on time. I'm like, I, and it's mm. not me. I, I suffer from time blindness. And I was like, and that was kind of him, like, really? Mm. Time blindness? <laughs> and so it was pretty funny. And eventually I saw enough of his shorts that I subscribed to his channel. Oh, and, you did. Okay. And yet I still only really see him on shorts. It's like, but that's the first person ever that I was like, oh, wow, this is where shorts work. And I know I did a, a short a couple weeks ago and it got, I was all excited. I got a couple thousand views of it. And then it went in and saw where like only like 40% of a minute long short was viewed. So I was like, all right, that's, that's a nice little kick in the teeth. But I did, <laughs> but I did get two subscribers and I was like, well, if it takes you, you know, 10 minutes to do a quick short and get two subscribers, I'm like, well, it would have been great if it was 20 or 200, but two is better than none. So I did not know. Here, we're learning, we're learning all sorts of stuff. Guy Kawasaki is basically deaf, and he records his shows with real-time transcription of wow. the guest he's okay. interviewing. So, but oh. anyway, but do you do any shorts or anything, or have anybody doing that for you, Rob? Or, or have you delved into the world yeah, of shorts? Yeah, I haven't actually been, been doing it for my own shows. I know I've done some shows on the StreamYard channels on some of their other programs that they have that they, they convert those into shorts and vertical videos and, and put those out. And they've, they've done pretty well. And I'm, I think they're interesting, especially when you overlay the transcript on the screen is that a lot of people consume those shorts in like, like a mute mode. Mm. So they don't actually listen, but they can, they can read. Sometimes I find that the text goes by too fast yeah. uh, for you to actually read it. And I think that that is a hindrance too. But but you also have to keep up with how fast the person speaks too. So it's yeah. it's kind of one of those things that you're trying to adapt your content to the experience, right? And the, the screen experience and what the user is actually doing with their device. And so, yeah, I mean, I... I've seen some success with it and I, I want to do more with it. I just, it's hard to do, you know, like just this last week I did four live shows. Wow. And, and then I'm also doing a presentation at six o'clock tonight for a New York based kind of virtual event. 
So it's like a, it's just hard to get to everything and, and do all the shorts and do everything for all your shows. So you just, there's just not enough time of the day, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's it. Yeah. Jeff says the master of video podcasting shorts is Chris Stone, who's in the chat mm. room. Yeah. Castahead.net. He makes, he makes pretty stuff. Chris Nessie is saying he uses Opus and huh. occasionally Headliner. And then, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of tools out there that make it easy. I agree with everybody here. Yeah. Um, and here yeah. again, it's like AI again gets you about 80% of the way there. I remember there was a tool once and they would, they had an unlimited version and it would just mm -hmm. slice and dice your stuff. And you'd like, wow, there's 12 videos they pulled out of this shorts. And then right. you look at them and go, and I'm going to use three of them. And I'm like, I'm still, right. I, you know, like, okay. Cause it'd cut you off in mid set yeah. or something like that. And that was a while ago. So, and then Craig is saying, I think 16 by 9 YouTube shorts can also be cross-posted on Instagram Reels and TikTok. And I know I did something on Instagram this week because my last episode for the School of Podcasting was about Instagram. And it instantly said, hey, do you want this on Facebook? And I'm like, okay. So that makes life easy. So Yeah, I've been trying to stream live to the Instagram platform too. And I find it still a little bit too kludgy to really work with. I mean, because you there's like too many steps involved in getting it done. And and you never really know if it's quite working right. So yeah. I think they have some some technical things to work on as far as streaming live to Instagram. Now, StreamYard supports that. Right. But it's just a matter of, you know, once you set it up in StreamYard, when you go live, then you have to go back in the Instagram platform and you have to activate it. And it, it just creates a lot of work that you have to do at the beginning of your show that distracts you from doing your show. So. Yeah, exactly. And I know I just read, I want to say it's in April of this year. Like right now, if I wanted to, I could live stream into my private Facebook group and that mm. is going away in April. That's Yeah, that's gone. And yeah. I was like, well, that's, I wonder why was my, my what's, what's up with that Facebook? But it's Facebook and they're not known for their customer service. And I was like, cause they really pushed everybody to build a group. And then right. they're like, but you know, and now they're pulling capability out of it. Yeah. It's, you know, I like to say, but it's the same thing that happened with Facebook with podcasting too. They, they were all gung ho, you know, we're going to support podcasting. And then a few months later they decided to pull the plug. So it's, yeah, it's hard to work with these platforms. Yeah. Ralph is saying the AI tool in Descript is really good for uh, for shorts. Yeah, I know the other thing you can do in Descript, and I keep, like I bought, Jeff's in the chat room, I bought Jeff's course on Descript, and it's just one of those things where it's like when I buy a book, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pretend I have enough time to read this. But the thing with Descript is it changes all the time, but I you can go and grab text and then basically make it, it's like a new, I think they call it a composition. So if you just grab a minute worth of text, and basically paste it into it. There's your, your short. Then you just export it and put the words and make it vertical and that whole yeah. nine yards. So, yeah. But I, yeah, I find that the, the Descript platform is a little bit, a little bit janky? of a steep wor learning curve. To <laughs> no. it. Janky, that's the word. <laughs> right. You know, it's it, it's not really intuitive to use. No, um, I've, it's definitely built by engineers. It yeah. works, Dave. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's the motto. <laughs> yeah. So it's not easy to use, but it works. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, Daniel makes a good point, of course. I'm guessing too many people were spamming with the live streaming in their groups, which I did see on occasion where I'd be oh, like, they? some, okay. there's like, it's a live yeah. stream. And like, yeah, well, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And again, right. it's like you're in a group 
about topic A and your show is about topic whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. So here's another fun one. This came in from, from Reddit and I created my fifth episode. And by far, this is my best one in terms of content. I can feel it and have gotten feedback from friends and family. Well, there's, there's a little red flag, but I hardly have any listeners yet for this one. At least my other episodes had that spike when I launched, but not for this one. Not sure what to do. I've been getting better at this craft, but listener numbers are very demoralizing or soul crushing is my favorite phrase for that. I've committed to doing 21 episodes, but I want to try and reach more listeners promoting on all platforms as well. It's not a video podcast. It's audio only for now, but I have a cover photo of me and my guest in promotions, which kind of is what we're talking about with, you know, shorts and social. It's well, number one, you're not getting as many downloads as you want on episode five. Congratulations. Welcome to podcasting. It's, it's just, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the thing. And set your expectations too high at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick, who's in the chat room, I did a, a quick, went over and listened to his show. And I was like, you know, this is, I'm like, Pete, they're going to love your show. Or they're they're going to like hate it. Cause there was a lot of sound effects and things like that. I'm like it's, it's kind of a, it's not janky. It was wacky. There's a difference between janky and wacky. And I'm like, now, if you love wacky, it was very cool. And and I said, but, you know, you do you. If you want to do this, be you. And he was like, that's yeah. funny because he asked – he, he told his friends, hey, this guy thinks I'm doing too many sound effects and stuff. And they're, they all went, well, yeah, kind of. And he's like, wait a minute. I asked you guys, like, when you <laughs> listened to it, you said, oh, it's great. It's fine. Oh, I love it. Good job. And so you it's may- always the it's, a, it's always the danger of getting feedback from people you know yeah. too is that they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear or not what you need to hear. Right? Yeah. And so I was when I see family and friends I'm like, mm, okay." But and, and then another question that came up was and this is a classic. I just started, I'm a month in or maybe 2 months in, are my numbers good? And it's like golf. I'm trying to think of other sports you do that are, you know, horseshoes to a certain extent, anything that's a solo sport, you're really not competing against other people. You're, you, you may think you are, and that's the problem is you're trying to find out a way to hack. Can I get numbers from this other guy's show? You know, is that unchartable? If I follow them and put in their R's, you know, like, like, no, just compete against yourself. And because I've, I have seen people that really they were so excited. They had, you know, oh my gosh, I got 40 downloads for an episode. And I'm like, congratulations, that's two full classrooms. And then somebody will right. walk into a Facebook group and go like, yeah, I just went over a million. And they're like, wait, wh- how? Huh? And they get all flustered and, and that whole nine yards. They can't uh, figure it out. But yeah. And also when you're on episode five, that was the other one. I'm, how long do you think it takes to, and again, grow even the word audience is subjective. Like some people, they're looking for a hundred people. Other people are looking for a thousand or three hundred, or you know, what do you typically? If somebody says, "How long does it take to grow your audience?" Do you have a time frame, or you just like? I think it's going to vary, Dave, a lot based on the content and the genre and your personality and your network. I mean, there's so many variables that it's really hard to say how long. I think there's also a um, growth and development process. Do you have? experience presenting do you what's your expert base of knowledge what's your yeah 
you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of variables, but I think generally though, I think if you're wanting to build a community around your show, and I think that's the better way of looking at it is to build a community around your show. And that, that's what I'm increasingly trying to do. That's why I'm doing more live. And I believe that's why you do live too, is because that helps build community. But I think, I think you have to do it for probably at least a year, I think, to really get your, your grounding of who you are in your show and wh- how you're presenting and, and become familiar with the medium and find your, your path, right? And, and have that audience find you. Because what you're going to do is attract people to you based on what you're doing in your personality. And there's a certain kind of attrition or attraction process that, that happens over a period of time and it comes in fits and starts. It doesn't, you know, it's not a linear path. It's like, you know, you do 10 episodes that don't have anybody listening and then all of a sudden one will hit and you'll pop up a few and then you'll go a couple more and it'll be like flatline and then there'll be one show and you'll pop it up a little higher the next time. And it, that may take two or three months to get there. So I think you have to be patient. You have to be consistent and I think you do have to really focus on trying to improve all the time. Yeah, and I think that that you're also you make a great point. You start to see what what works. Like, okay, I've I, I've attracted some people, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure on what's going to work and what's not. And my yeah. last episode, it it wasn't horrible. I just when I put it out, I was like, this may not resonate with everyone because it was really into Instagram, and I was like. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. I should probably spend more. But I thought, since I don't have a huge Instagram following, my audience may not have a huge Instagram following. And nobody said it was awful. I just had people like, yeah, I don't really use Instagram, so I skipped that one. So, And I knew that. I knew that when I put it out, I was like, mm, mm. And again, it's nothing against my guest. It was more the topic. And I was like, yeah. I, I don't know if this is going to work. And I've, I've got a few people who are like, yeah, that one was okay. I was like, hmm. And that's where I was like, I should have, you know, it, it would work on, I have a show about podcasting resources. I have a show about monetization, which kind of ties in. Cause he's got basically, he's built a tool that does, if you DM me this, I will do this. It's almost like Zapier for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then okay. it's, it's called social stampede. And so then you can see, cause unlike, you know, on an email, list, you might get their name and email, but then you have to like Google their name and try to figure out what they are. This is like, no, this person just did your thing on Instagram. So now you can click on their Instagram and look at their, you know, you kind of get to know them through their Instagram. So it's interesting. It was a cool tool. And he gave me a demo and I was like, all right, I see where this could be cool. But on the other hand, I was like, yeah, but if you're not in Instagram, my, my audience may not be thrilled with this topic. So, and, and like I say, nobody threw tomatoes at me. And I noticed my reten- <laughs> my retention rate went down a little in Apple, and so I was like, "All right, well, I should have maybe listened to my my uh, inner because I I think I am a pretty good judge at this point of what's going to work." Like this week, I'm having Gary Art from Everything Everywhere. Do you know Gary at all? Mm-mm, oh, I haven't met him. Gary Mm-mm. is a he's a podcasting machine, and he was a travel photographer and had this really successful blog, and you know, COVID. So he's like, well, I still need to eat. So he started this podcast, and it's daily. He writes it out, and it's it's just it's about it's ten minutes or less, and it's always like you know why are why is the sky blue? All these like little and and sometimes it's science and it's like kind of I would call it like 
dinner party talk. Like, oh, did you know that, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And he does it daily and he's getting, he's been really just busting his hump and he's now getting a million downloads a month. Well, I think there is something to that, Dave, if you yeah. really think about the short form content on a daily basis. that That's, you know, I hate this term, but the snackable content is is probably analogous to this example is, is that maybe there is, you know, some, something to what he's doing, obviously that works. And that is the shorter form content more frequently. And I do think that shows that are done more frequently typically do a little better in, in the long run, but it takes more upfront commitment to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And you have to be organized and you really have to, you know, be able to do it in the face of life. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, to take on, I don't know if you're ever willing to do this, Dave, is take on a daily show, but it's, it's a, it, it's a commitment, I, you know, and it's not easy. Yeah. Before there was James Cridlin, I tried a new show and mm-hmm. it was just, it's brutal. So when I hear people go, I'm going to do a daily show in my brain, I'm going, no, you're not because <laughs> it's, it's going to be four days this week and three days next week. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. it's tough. Right. And there comes because you're going to have those days when you're like, I don't want to do the show today, or you batch them, which is what most people do, and right. it's, it's just you know, and then you have to really love that subject to because it's it doesn't take as much time to do a long show as it does a short show, but if you think the right. research it takes to make one little baby topic might be the same amount of research as it does to make a long topic. You're just picking the best parts out of it. And that's where because yeah, you have to really focus on trying to drive enough value into that short form content to make it worth somebody taking the time to find it and play it and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's doing I, a short show yeah. to me is harder because you have to figure out what am I really trying to say and what's the key yeah. takeaway. Where if you got a longer thing, you're like, oh, you can kind of talk about anything because I got more time to fill. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like the kind of shows that we do, right, yeah. are, are typically longer form. And and from a historical perspective, longer form has tended to do better in podcasting yeah. than short form. But I do wonder if if there's opportunity there because there's so few short form that there's maybe a little bit of opportunity there. Yeah. Seth Godin, just on his show, Akimbo, was doing a Q&A and somebody asked him about his format. And the mm-hmm. fact that, hey, it's it's short and it's solo. You're not interviewing people. And he said, well, I he goes, I did a show that was an interview-based show. And he goes, I think I'm pretty good at it, but I wanted to do something that stood out. So I did something yeah. short and I did it solo. And he had a great quote. It was something like, it doesn't have to be, it's not uh, important that it's short. It's more important that it's good. And I was like, oh, that is... Like, yeah, but what's good, Dave? I mean, yeah. what yeah. what's that criteria of, you know, people always say in this medium, well, you got to create good content. Well, you know, I think when you say that, you have to qualify that and say, well, what do we think is good content? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What is the yeah. experience of good content? It's usually um, like 10 minutes of talking about your cat followed by... That's it. French that's it. toast recipes and... Anything that's janky in your life, you know, you talk about, no. Well, Seth, well, that's Go, what we would do, definitely. That's, that's what it. we would do, Dave. So, uh, <laughs> but for me, Seth Godin is a guy that makes me think. Like, all of his he marketing does. books right. are like, hmm. So, he's definitely a, a think guy. John Oliver makes, John Oliver is my favorite example, because he makes me 
think because he's on his. Well, he's uh, funny. Too. Yeah, and he's funny. It's, funny it's educational. Yeah. It makes me groan. There are times when he's showing things that the government's doing on uh, the show's called Last Week Tonight on HBO. And oh yeah, yeah, right, right. And so it's 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 kind of political. Well, it's very political, but he's he's making fun of the government. Why makes me think he's educating me because I didn't like I didn't know the FDA is just a joke at this point, and and it's weird. I don't want to eat anymore. I just saw there was a thing on Netflix where they studied twins, and they gave one twin identical twins one one twin a meat kind of healthy diet and one a vegan diet, and then they did this study which kind of led everyone to believe that, you know, vegetables are good for you. Shocking. And then I watched Netflix and there's a thing called poison and they explain how the FDA isn't really keeping our food safe and, you know, vegetables may not be good for you. So at this point, we're just not going to eat and I'll just, I'll go back to Twinkies and Pop-Tarts because we don't really know what those are. (laughs) So Well, there's also degrees of being healthy with different kinds of food too. I mean, it's like, you know, does it have pesticides on it? Does it, is it, is the meat, you know, grass fed? Is it, you know, is it processed? Does it have a bunch of preservatives injected into it? I mean, there's just, there's levels of complexity when it comes to food that I spent many years working in the food industry (laughs) myself. So that's right. (laughs) I could could do a whole podcast just about orange juice. Yeah. This is something that I'll be interested to see. Randy has a great question. What do you think Rode is going to do with Mackie? We haven't really, we just heard they, I don't know if they bought them or they, yeah, they did. annexed yeah. them or whatever the official verb is, but they kind of did that. And we're all like, cause Mac or yeah, Mackie has this new, almost like a roadcaster duo. And, yeah. <clears throat> oh man, I hate, I'm, I'm not good with names today, but I've seen a few people that have said the Mackie, cause they have one that's like the size of your car. That's like the roadcaster. And yes, it's a much bigger footprint, but it lets you do more things in it. There's a few more features in terms of audio. I I think Rode kind of went into the gaming world a bit with MIDI controlling and things like that. But I heard we're Mackie in terms of playing with the audio. So those both those brands are now owned by the same company. And I'm like, it'd be like somebody buying Burger King and McDonald's. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I don't know, unless they made one... That was considered, and they're they're both the same price. So if one was considerably cheaper, you'd be like, oh, that's doing this market. But they're both kind of the the same thing. So it'll be interesting to to see. Yeah, I think that the Mackie brand has had a historical orientation a little bit more towards the the more professional side of yeah. of content creation, and that may be what they bought is also taken out a competitor too. So you know, and then being able to maybe integrate those brands. Or to keep Mackie as its own standalone brand, and then integrate some of the technology that Rode has into those those platforms. I, you know, I think when companies acquire other companies like that, it's it you kind of have to wonder what the motivation is because there's a lot of duplication of activities and effort in there. And I think we've seen that happen oh, yeah. in our own yeah. industry, right? Where you have two hosting companies or podcast hosting companies merge with each other. And how how destructive that can be. How many and HR people that, do we need? Yes, right, right. <laughs> you know, or accountants, or whatever yeah. that is, right. But I do, you know, Road is definitely wanting to capture more market share, and that may be a way of doing that. Yeah, Jeff has a great point. He said someone needs to put together a list of short form successful podcasts. One of my favorite ones was Mike Rowe 
the, yeah. the way I heard it. And it his tagline right. was something, something for the person with a short attention span. And then he got Rogan fever and started doing these hour plus things. And that was literally the show I would shower to. Cause like, it was this great story. It was, he even says, look, I just ripped off Paul Harvey. That's all I'm doing. And they were really, really well written. They were great. And he, yeah. you know, just was like, huh. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if I, I have a short, I listened to Danny from uh, Captivate. He has, it's in, I have a, a list in my, I use Castmatic. What do you listen to? What do you used to listen to podcasts? What's your. Oh, me? Yeah. Mainly Apple podcasts because I've got an iPhone. And, oh, there you go. And I also uh, listen to them in my my Tesla Model 3, uh-huh. too, because I've got the Apple podcast app installed in my car now. So Nice. Yeah, I think it's called Daily Podcast Tips. I don't, I've, I've listened to all of his last shows, so but that's a, a fun little like minute-long show. And I'm trying to think if I have any other ones that are really quick. Just the Tip is another podcast show that's usually pretty quick. So I, I like to have a, you know, I have a couple of shows that I listen to because like a walk around the block is maybe 10 minutes, you know, so I yeah. like to have the little shorter shows that I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, where the no agenda show is three hours and that takes me two days to get through. <laughs> it's, you know, I like it, but. And it's so radio like too. That's the thing about that show. That's interesting. That, well, you know, you yeah. have that Adam Curry Adam, influence. Adam, right. Yeah, exactly. All about it. And uh, Stephen wins another award here. I was trying to remember, I said Trapper Jack, it's Philip Keller, and the show is Touched by Heaven, Everyday Encounters with God. I was talking, that was, it's a throwback. If I was a comedian, that'd be a throwback joke, but I remember uh, something of that nature. But the other thing I thought I would talk about today is everybody's like, I just need more gear. I need this and that. And I'm going to see if I can do this live. Now, I realize, dear, dear audio listener, I will explain what's going on, but I'm dragging my notes over to my Elgato prompter and you'll see where suddenly now I'm in a smoky bar and, and I saw, on yeah, my screen. Yeah, I saw and, that change. And when I move it right. over and I'm like, I thought it might be cause that screen is now getting brighter, but I'm like, a, it's only a nine inch screen and it's more than an arm length away from me. And so that is on my list of things to troubleshoot I did realize that I'm using my Elgato Facecam Pro, and it is flash up against the back of this teleprompter, but they do have a little cloak that you put over whatever camera you have there. And I was like, well, maybe because I'm cloakless, maybe that is somehow putting extra light into that. But it's it's weird because I always – look, I am white as – you know, I have – me and the sun don't get along, so I'm always – like Casper the ghost looks at me and goes, man, you are white. That's just the way I am. And so anything of a screen always reflects, like even if I turn off my right monitor, yeah, you can see on this side of my screen, I'm uh, looking that way. And I always look I'm in, like I'm embarrassed. Oh, and then uh, Rob clicked on the wrong thing, I believe. Yeah, all right. And Rob has left the building. So it's one of those things I say that because like I just for my birthday bought a uh, a pair of Veripoles. Andy's back. And <laughs> isn't technology grand? And, it dropped out. It just froze. Oh. We were both uh, frozen, but no. that's okay. Always fun. But so I just say that as much as we all want, ooh, if I just had that piece of gear, you know, I now have in my, somewhere in my future, I have troubleshoot the teleprompter because I don't know what's going on. Because there are times when I want to put 
a script over here. And usually if it's a script, I go into the teleprompter. So, but this is, it's just a weird thing that, that happens. And on occasion I'll, I'll like, oh, I'll just move it over here. And it just, it just kind of fleshes out my screen and I don't know why. So shouldn't be doing that. You know, they, right. as There's the old, something going on. Yeah. yeah. The, the old uh, mo, mo money, mo problems. I'm like more gear, more troubleshooting. Yeah, I have a, I, I've got a teleprompter right here too. There's a screen right here. Yeah. Oh, there you right go. Here. Yep. I see it. Hold up right here. <laughs> They're a, handy. It's a, it's a 15 inch uh, flat screen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Jeff says uh, you can use the Elgato camera hub to dim the screen. Yeah. That's what I need to do. And this oh, is, yeah. this is a weird thing with the Elgato, you know, prompter is I have that. I went in today and I even started, I, I quit the camera hub software and then restarted it. And that usually connects the prompter back again. And it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to turn off the prompter, probably unplug it, plug it back in, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around. Cause that is, you guessed it right now, the connection between the software and the prompter is say it with me. It's kind of janky. So that's, uh, the way now Ralph has one. It's the word of the day. That's the word of the day. He is. He yeah. said he, he just uh, got the prompter to use for my zoom meetings and my remote um, clients love it. It is kind of cool. Cause like normally I would be looking like this. So it always looked like I was, you know, just staring at Jim for the whole show. And oh so boy. I, uh, yeah. So, and yeah, Rob is, well, the good news is see when Rob locks up, he, there you go. And you're back. You locked up for a second, but you looked very happy when you did it. So I don't know what's going on. Here's a fun one, and I thought this would be a good topic to uh, to talk about. I'll wait till Mr. Greenlee resumes his, and there he is. There you go. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. But here, here's a fun one. When you worked at Podcast One, I know you worked with celebrities. Did you have anybody on a team just quit? Like yesterday they were on the show, hey, where's so-and-so at? Ah, they quit. Did that ever, or have you ever had any situation like that? Yeah. I mean, people, you know, there's conflicts that happen in an organization and people disagree with each other and they decide that this isn't the place for them. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It's happened. I don't remember it happening a lot at podcast one, but, but I've seen it happen in other places. Well, I, I, I saw this post and I was like, you know, this is something maybe that people need to dig in a little deeper. And the title was, my pod, my co-host just quit. Does anyone else have this problem? Mm. I've been podcasting for a while now, and this keeps becoming a recurring problem. It just makes me want to give up. And so oh I thought, when you pick your co-host, A, don't get someone who thinks just like you. Everybody thinks, oh, I've known this person. And we're I'm like, that's because then you're, you're going to be redundant. What do you think about this? I love it too. So, and then look at... Because I've learned, I, I don't plan on getting married anytime soon, if ever again. But if I do, I'm going to take a long, hard look at the family. Like, I know I, I love her. She's great. But I'm going to look at the family. Because when you marry somebody, you marry the family. And when you get a co-host, you're also getting their family. And so, yeah. look, you know, you might be flying solo and, you know, just doing whatever you want. And your co-host, you know, has three kids, a minivan, and three jobs. That's going to be be different to kind of deal with. So it's not that they don't love the show. They just have other priorities. And then the other thing I would look at is what's their why? Like if their job is, Oh, I want to be famous and I want to be a thought leader or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And you know, 
they stick around for six episodes and they're not on Jimmy Fallon. Like, well, yeah, it's going to take maybe a, a little bit like that. Jeff does have a great thing. I have rotating co-hosts. And yeah, I've done the, that before. Too. Plus I have friends right. who are really good that call and fill in. Yeah. Well, you kind of do that now with your, your YouTube. Now, is that YouTube, the, uh, you know, podcasting tips with friends, you know, Rob Greenlee show is, uh, is that available as a, you know, true podcast? Like, can I listen to that on Apple? Actually, I'm building that out right now. So okay. all the episodes I've done, I've done about 15 episodes, and it's going to be put out as an audio and video podcast. I, actually, I'm already building that out right now as we speak. So it should be out in the next, probably in the next week. It should be fully up there with all my past episodes too. So yeah, it's going to be just like the new media shows the same way. It's audio and video yeah. podcast, as well as on YouTube, Facebook, you know, Twitter, all of the, all the platforms. So yeah. Yeah, and then uh, SP says, eek, redundant. Like James Cridlin defines redundant. Yeah, redundant means you're, you're going to get fired. And yeah, that's that's kind of it. You don't need well, two people yeah. saying the same thing. <laughs> Rick says, my fiance quit us. That's why I now have two podcasts. There you go. So who needs who needs her when you have a podcast? AskRalphPodcast.com says, get a co-host prenup. Yeah. Get a prenup. There is one. You know, our friend Gordon Firemark. I I believe he's got one. I think it's PodcastPrenup.com, if I remember right. But he's got one. And we've we've talked about that. I mean, you've probably seen it. I've seen it at Libsyn where co-hosts, you know, Ernie and Bert get into a struggle and it gets ugly quick. But I I just... Go ahead. Yeah, it can. It it doesn't always go smooth. You know, I've had a lot of co co-hosts before ones you know i've had multiple co-hosts for my radio show i had like four different five four or five different people that i rotated through co-hosting that show but i also had you know one to two other co-hosts so that that was like a third person or a fourth person on that show and then i would do like three interviews each each episode so it was kind of it was kind of more of a radio format but it was you know i learned a lot from that I learned a lot of uh, working with different people and, and also I also did for many years, I did the Spricker live show and, and Dave, I think you were maybe a guest on that as yeah. well. And Alex Exum. That show, Alex Exum, you know, <laughs> and I picked him because, I mean, he was a, a passionate Spricker user and podcaster, but, but he's also an actor. He's got a big personality, which is in contrast to me, which I'm kind of, kind of a laid back dude, you know, kind of, <laughs> Yeah. And, and Alex is not that. So it's creating some contrast, right? Is what you want because some of your audience will, will really love Alex because of his extremes that he presents on the show, his energy and his, his extreme comments. And then, and there's a little old me that kind of like puts, puts the audience to sleep. So Rob's like, that's it. People like that. That's it. I'm I'm mad. I'm very angry and I'm upset. Yes. That's it. I'm, I'm really extreme right now. Yes. Yeah. But uh, speaking it's of the Jeff, anti-extreme extreme. Well, and that works with great me. with with Todd. You know, Todd's like, oh, I can't. This guy's crazy. He's well, it's like, the same. It's the same formula. Yeah. You know, that's why Todd and I got together is because you know I'm the level-headed guy. I mean, you yeah. can see it in the comments. Oh, yeah. On on Apple Podcasts, it's like. You know, Rob's the unappreciated yeah. expert in the industry, and Todd, what's wrong with you? <laughs> my, you know, it's like the favorite thing yeah. I, I love to hear come out of Todd's mouth is, you know, I probably shouldn't say nothing, but and that's it. You're like whatever's <laughs> com- to. <laughs> whatever's next, 
Let's see how I can say this. It rhymes with Microsoft. There. Okay. And uh, I'm like, okay. It's okay. Whatever. You know, so it rhymes yeah. with Schmode, but it's a microphone company. So that's good. I think I'm okay. Like, no. So, yeah. So I think over the last, probably the, the, the last couple of years, we've been at each other's throats a little bit more than we have in the past. Well, so that's it, that's because you're a defector. You're a YouTube-loving video guy now. So that's... Right. The, exactly. So it's like, you know... I should be this this pro audio guy, but if you really look at what Blueberry's doing, you know, he's pushing more on the video side. So don't tell anybody. Yeah. Plus, he also talked bad about AI in the early days. And guess what he was doing on uh, yeah. Blueberry was building out AI capabilities. So yeah, right. Well, well, I now describe it this way because there is there are podcasts which are audio and video, and I'm going to kind of use right. the Rob Walsh school and say, and if you're really a podcast, you should be an Apple. So that's a podcast. Then you have what a lot, I want to show not though. That's the that's right. the shocking thing. So now right. I, I have a term I call them YouTube podcasts, which means it's on YouTube and YouTube music. That's a YouTube podcast. And then there are YouTubers. Yep. You know, so when I yep. hear it's a video podcast on YouTube, I go, That's a YouTuber. So that's how I'm describing it. And you know, but if that YouTuber tells me it's a podcast, I go, I can listen to an Apple. And he goes, No. And I'm like, then you're a YouTuber and embrace your YouTube right. So, but uh, it is, it's, um, I, I heard Steve from mm -hmm, that guy. It's a famous Steve. He's the head of something. He was part of ACAST. He's got glasses. Oh, somebody else, uh, the, the chat room will come. But anyway. I can't remember. Yeah, he did with, they did a big presentation, he and this other guy. And they were the ones that said, hey, the users think YouTube is a podcast. So we're just going to call it a right. podcast. And I get that, but yeah. the, the teacher in me goes, no, no, we should have educated them. No, that's YouTube, right. but we didn't, and I get right. that. But uh, Well, I think that they they know that. I yeah. just think that audiences are increasingly seeing what they're seeing on YouTube, just like this is being seen on YouTube. Yeah. And this is a podcast about podcasting, so I don't know what, you know, the audience perceives what it is as based on the <laughs> format and what we're doing here, and and that's where this is really coming from, in my view, anyway. And I'm not, I'm not advocating against the the, the position that podcasts are really RSS based because that's where I started. That's right. where the, most of the industry is today. But I do think that the research is increasingly starting to show that the audiences, especially the younger audiences, don't really care about that distinction anymore. Right. Well, so, that's SP says it. It matters what the public calls it. To which Chris says, "Are we still on this hill, really?" Still talking right. about that. Are we still yeah, are um, we still bashing you know, this? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. I get it. I just to me, I just now I wanna I can't wait to see the next report on YouTubers. Like how's that gonna like are they gonna are is the same thing gonna happen? Are they gonna accidentally talk about podcasters who aren't YouTubers? Because it just I'm like, that's my whole thing. We kinda Well and and Todd talked about it, Todd Cochran on the yeah. New Media show just this past week. He he, he was talking about that he in his team have been doing some research into podcasts that are YouTubers yeah. and YouTubers that are podcasters just to have an understanding of what's going on there. And there is a line of differentiation here. I mean, there's a lot of YouTubers that are doing their shows looking and sounding like a podcast. So that's where it's really kind of confusing the audiences about what they are. And, and is it, does it really matter anymore? It's kind of my point. People are, Audiences are going to perceive what it is based on their perception, and and that's what we're we're seeing happen as an industry in content careers. We need to understand what the differences are here. But, yeah, but, it, 
But if we're speaking to audiences, we have to speak to them in ways that, that they're wanting to see it as well. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Marv says, but there's a new movement to only be on Podbean. I think he means, do they have to be on Apple to be a podcast? <laughs> well, you don't have to be on Apple. I'm just saying. If there's a new movement to only be on, on Podbean? Podbean? That was me. I'm like, really? I, I've never, I know Podbean <laughs> just started doing AI stuff. I heard that announced. They just announced it last yeah, week. Yeah. And, and Chris says, people call albums records. Records used to be singles. In the end, none of it matters. That's true. Because I thought about that. If, if you take an old... Well, now it's all singles, right? Mostly. Yeah. These days. Yeah. And and so, because we had titles, right? Let's let's take a, a Beatles album. You know, that's been an album. It's been a cassette. It's been eight track. It's been CD, you know, maybe even a laser disc for a movie or something. But we... It was always the same thing, and I think the difference here is we never said a CD was radio. Like you know what I mean? We're 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 changing the definition of something, and that's where I'm like, again, am I going to die on that hill? Eh, maybe not. So it is what it is. Yeah, and somebody brought up a topic. Somebody's talking about Clubhouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. just listen to a show. It's that still was, around. Yeah, that was going. originally live on Clubhouse. It's still a thing, I guess. She says, but so yep. annoying when you listen to a replay. Yeah, people right. always say podcasting is conversations. And I go, true, but a podcast is a conversation with the boring parts removed. And I think sometimes right. people are like, oh, I'm just going to keep it real. And I'm like, well, okay, real boring in that case, you know, when they're <laughs> doing like today we had the weird mix up with the, the video stuff. Like now on YouTube, you get the full unedited version of the video because. The, yeah, if, you can't. If YouTube allowed well, you, you to swap out a video, that would be amazing, and I would edit it. But well, I, you can edit it in in YouTube in their back end. It's just kind of a kludgy or janky, even yes. So or janky, janky is probably the more appropriate term. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what? I haven't done yet. Let's do this. Although I got to do a quick backup on this, and that is, it's time to thank our awesome supporters. And and Rob, you've not been around, I don't think, ever for the wheel of names. And so, yeah, so we want to thank our awesome supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, deeply appreciated. And uh, this show is brought to you by theschoolofpodcasting.com. We have courses, we have coaching, and that is unlimited one-on-one coaching along with the group coaching and a really kick-butt community. We've got comedy writers, we've got psychologists, we've got a couple retired pastors. We've got Chris in there from, he's got the music biz and marketing and video background. It's uh, an awesome place. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash coach, you'll save on either a monthly or a yearly subscription. We're talking earlier about websites and Ask the Podcast Coach runs on PodPage. If you want to check it out, use my affiliate code, trypodpage.com. And right now we're using Ecamm Live. If you like it, Madge, you're soaking in it. Go to supportthisshow.com slash Ecamm. Jim isn't here. And if you go, man, what happened to Jim Collison? He is out with some personal stuff today, and you can find him at theaverageguide.tv. And it's that time, and this is where, Rob, we go to the Wheel of Names. And uh, what this is, these are my $20 patrons. And so we have people like Glenn over at the Horse Radio Network and Ralph at AskRalphPodcast.com and LiveWellAndFlourish.com. There's a ton. So first we have to shuffle it so we we're, there's no shenanigans going on. We don't want it to yes, be. Yes, I see Ross Brand in there too. Ross right. Brand is in there. A bunch of uh, yep. Felix from uh, 
Latin podcast awards, all sorts of stuff. So I click on this, we spin the wheel of names, and this will now be the featured patron of the week. And it's going to be Craig from livewellandflourish.com. Speaking of a really good short show, that is one that uh, definitely comes up. So, Craig, thank you so much for your patronage. Check him out at livewellandflourish.com. But they're all really short, and they, much like Seth Godin, he makes you think. So put your mm-hmm. brain on and, and your uh, your thinking cap. You might have to dust that off. I haven't used my thinking cap since I was about six, but I think I still have it. So if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support, it's deeply appreciated. And also, I don't mention this enough. Thanks to everyone who is streaming Satoshi's to the show and boosted grams and all that other fun stuff. And if you're like, what is that? Go over to modernpodcastapps.com and get yourself a new one. And what do you think the chances are of Apple ever supporting streaming Satoshis? I think it's going to be many years in the future. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> both be right old. I would say we'll both be old and gray, but that's, well, that's kind of now. And yeah, it's, uh, I am excited that they're, they're embracing the, you know, the, what you call it tag. Yep. Transcriptions. That's that's yeah, exciting. Yeah, and yeah, or, but my my worry on that is that may be the only tag they support. <laughs> yeah, so because that was fairly low hanging fruit for them, and it also was in the middle of a case that was settled around the ADA, which is the American yeah. Disabilities Act, which has closed captions, and that would be a much faster way for Apple to get into their ecosystem closed captioning. So. That's that yeah, would be maybe, maybe. a motiv- motivation for them to have done that. Well, so, and and right. if we if we put our you know dark sunglasses on, it's also a way for some of these companies that are trying to. I, I know you've talked a lot about brand suitability, and which yeah. I think is the new buzz phrase instead of brand safety. You know <laughs> that it may be easier to, you know, scan a transcript than to if you're trying to figure out what's going on in that show and. Uh, the the chat room is going crazy. Before we we'll we'll take a ten second tangent here. Live well and flourish. Coming up with episode one hundred very soon. So, and uh, Ralph says it's a great show, awesome podcast. It's a must listen for him. So yes, and then Craig is saying if Apple ever does embrace that, they'll take thirty percent of every Satoshi. So yeah, brand suitability. I know it's something you've you see a lot of and things like that. I just think it's weird that we're coming up with a whole industry to somewhat stalk podcasters in a way. And I get it. I know last week I asked, why don't people just say, you know, the views and the opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of their sponsors. I'm like, wouldn't that just get rid of that? But the problem is, and I think this would happen even if it's brand safe or brand suitable, people are always going to sue. So, or, or things like that. So I'm not sure that would fix it either, but any thoughts on the whole? Because to me, when I hear it, I just like, oh, is this going to mean everybody's going to put out a vanilla podcast that doesn't offend anyone? And you know, I'd hate to be a comedian these days. So, well, and that's that's a trippy example. If you do a search in YouTube today, you can find a clip in there from the Conan O'Brien podcast oh, yeah. um, where he talks about brand safety and brand suitability in in that particular episode. His kind of like the CEO of his company, Adam Sachs, joined him on a show to to talk about brand safety with Conan on his podcast. And and you know we all know Conan is a comedian and likes to make fun of a lot of different things. And and it became clear to him when he was looking at his his report card of sorts of his 
brand suitability and safety is that there were topics that he just couldn't go into anymore if he wanted to keep his sponsors. And so he actually talked about that, how it may cause him to change his content. And do we want Conan to change his content and be less, maybe less funny? And that, that is really the consequence of this brand safety and suitability that's happening right now. It's a very complicated subject because, you know, this concept of self-censorship is really what's at stake here. Yeah. Um, the con- content creator or the podcaster having a list of things, and this has been going on on YouTube for a long time, that there's only, you know, there's certain topics that they actually will warn you that you can't say certain keywords or say certain things or talk about certain topics, also you'll be de- demonetized or taken down. And that is, that's kind of where, where I, my red flags go off or as far as what's going on here. And, and I'm a little concerned about it, about what the implications are long-term for these platforms. And, and the thing that we're seeing happen is that they're still not as good as they need to be to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish because they're they're very keyword sensitive still today, even yeah. though they claim to be contextually aware. There was a whole kind of news story that came out in Pod News this past week about the New York Times uh, losing revenue based on being sensitive to certain topics in in their news podcasts, and so they were losing sponsors because they were talking about the right. war and in in the middle east you know that kind of thing and is that what what is that the intent here or is it just a byproduct of the technology really not being able to adequately evaluate context yeah craig says it's not easy to take ad money and keep creative license it really it's tough it's increasingly being a challenge now yeah uncle marv says conan had been the best the best night talk host since david letterman be ashamed yeah it's it's one of those things where, especially because now they've come out reports with the iOS 17 cutting downloads by 30%. If your yeah. ad performed well, it now performed 30% more than like, you know, if it was working, like you did that with fewer people. So I always, right. I, I use the analogy. I said, if, if you heard that 10 people pushed a car up a really tall hill, you'd be like, wow, those guys must be really strong. And then you find out it was seven. You're like, wow, those guys must be really strong. So you have a really engaged audience. Yeah, it stinks that, you know, our ego takes the hit that the numbers went down. But yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, because the inverse of that is that the ROI went up uh, as a percentage basis, right? So if you had a certain amount of results that came from that ad campaign with, you know, a, a much larger number of listeners, if that number reduces, that means that it took fewer listeners to drive that ROI. So... Maybe it should mean that podcasts are valued more. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure that's how this being this is being utilized. Or I think it's just a reduction in revenue is what's really happening. Well, and the other thing with transcripts is how many people are just going to go Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift, so that anybody searching mm-hmm. for Taylor Swift will now find this podcast, even though we're not talking. We are one of the few things not talking about Taylor Swift. But it's one of those things where I could see people, you know, I remember in the early days of uh, the internet, people would put white text on a white background so you couldn't yeah, see the text. Right. I remember that. And it'd just right. be like Pamela Anderson naked or whatever. And I was like, really? Is this keyword stuffing? Yes. Is what they called it back then. Yeah. Right. And well, speaking of stuffing and, and crazy things like that, Randy has a question. He says, Do you think real clickbait titles have gone overboard? 
on YouTube broadcasts <laughs> half hour saying to, saying hi to listeners before even talking about what the title says. Yeah, I, I have a problem with this show where maybe the best topic happened at the 20 minute mark. And so I've had people on YouTube go, hey, like, why did it take it 23 minutes to do it? I'm like, because we're kind of making this up as we go along. I've tried to mm-hmm. now come think of like, okay, what's the topic, you know, that we should start with? But then somebody yeah. will, you know, bring up this great topic 14 minutes in. And I'm like, well, that's. Yeah, it takes you on a different path. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Then uh, Craig has a great point. Ricky Gervais and Bill Burr are good examples of comedians who have been influenced by ad suitability who haven't. I think that's when we yeah, haven't been influenced. Yeah, those guys. I, I love Ricky yeah, Gervais. Will push back on it. And yeah, say, you know, I don't care. Well, right. Ricky Gervais' last special on Netflix, he brings up. He goes, "People didn't like my last show on Netflix. They tried to get me banned. They tried to pull it off. And oh, by the way, yep. top-rated comedy stream for that month. So thank you very much." And he goes, "So I'd like to start off by," and he just basically says a bunch of offending stuff. And he goes, "So please try to have me removed." I really, really appreciate it. And I was like, I don't Right. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. it's the same thing that Dave Chappelle does, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Dave Dave doesn't care about blowback on anything yeah. he does because he's he's an old school comedian and he's that's his reputation. That's his brand of doing that. It's just that the, the world has kind of changed and but he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So as we we're gonna wrap up here in a bit, if you had any advice so somebody comes to you and go, I want to start a podcast. What is Rob Greenlee's like opening statement to the the brand new podcaster who's thinking of starting a podcast and they want to, you know, I, I want to do this. It sounds like fun. Yeah. I want to do whatever. What are the typical things you say to that person? I would say that the number one thing is just get centered on your purpose and your reason for doing it and and really think about the alignment with you and your personality and what your goals are in your life. and increasingly successful podcasts are mission driven, right? So you have a purpose and you're trying to drive some sort of a change or an improvement for others based on your own life experience. And so having a somewhat of an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish doesn't have to be like a, you know, 40 page business plan or something (laughs) like that. Just be written on the back of a napkin, like the early days of technology companies where the, the best ideas were just jotted down very briefly. But I think really starting that way, and then over time, the odds are that you're going to change anyway. So you're going to add things, you're going to remove things, you're going to change how you do things and how you think about it as you learn, especially if you don't have a lot of experience doing it. And I struggle with these things too. I mean, I'm, I'm not immune to... I come up with a lot of different podcast ideas and topics and share those with other people and help them just like you do, Dave. I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of the same stuff too. And it's like, there's no one right answer for anyone. It's really taking who they are, what they are, what their goals are, what they're trying to do and, and kind of, you know, build something that is sustainable for them. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not really a big fan of this kind of, how main mainstream media tends to create podcasts where they they try and come up with a, a concept that they think is marketable and then they go out and find talent that can fill in with that. That's that's kind of a inorganic way of creating I, I think true authentic podcast content. So I know it's a long winded answer, but because no. it's a long winded topic. It right? is. It, there's and like you said, it's kind of a it's hard to answer. It really depends on each person and the topic. 
yeah. and their talent yeah. and all that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It really is. So many people think, oh, I just talk into a microphone and, you know, thousands of people yeah. listen to me like, mm, not really. So yeah. And, and I, there's this X factor, right? That you just, you know, it's alignment with its timing. It's yep. also relevancy in the moments. It's your, your particular energy that you're bringing is that's the X factor that you just can't factor in. And that's why it takes time to develop that X factor in that uniqueness and that cadence and that consistency and that kind of awareness that takes time to build. Yeah. I always remember the, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft got lucky. Now, granted, you have to you have to keep people listening, but he'd started a show about the TV show Lost, and then CBS yep. launched one. And when people searched for the show on Lost, they found Cliff instead of CBS because Cliff had been doing it for a while. And that's how he grew his audience, which he then turned into Podcast Answer Man and all other fun stuff. So there's a mm-hmm. there are times when luck just has to be it's part of it and timing. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Gary has a point, and I I did hear this on uh, he was being interviewed. John Stewart said I thought it was a shame John Stewart had to end his run on Apple TV because of his focus on China. Yeah, he he mm. basically left because they wouldn't let him say what he wanted to say, and so he's back on Comedy Central now on Monday nights doing the Daily Show, and I'll I'll be interested to see well, if he if he continues to do a podcast because he had yeah. a, he had a companion podcast to his. Yeah, I think he his, did actually launch a. I think he's he's the the featured person on the Daily Show's podcast right now. Yeah. So yeah I think I, they've already launched it. Yeah. Excellent. So, well, Rob, what's coming up for you? Anything exciting? I'm just trying to keep up with uh, the, the content that I'm trying to produce. Yeah. I've got lots of shows that I've, I've started, and I just need to keep up with it. And then also, you know, help my clients that I'm working with and and keep, you know, doing stuff with StreamYard. I'm I, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with that. So that that's the big thing that I'm doing. Nice. Well, on the School of Podcasting, I've teased it for about three weeks now. Yes, I'm finally going to release the episode with Gary Arndt, who was featured in New and Noteworthy, which you can't do anything to get into. I, I actually reached out to Apple. I never got an answer, but everything I've researched, that's a human curated list. There's, it is. There's, there's always been that way. Yeah, there's no yeah. algorithm or anything like that. And so Gary shares... Did it do anything? Did it not do anything? I'm not going to tell you because you have to listen. Or you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow and do that. Uh, Jim will be back next week. And uh, you can always find Rob over at newmediashow.com or just go to robgreenlee.com. All of his pertinent stuff is there on his website. Yeah. Rob, thanks for showing up today. Or or my YouTube channel. There you you go. You just want to go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Greenlee, and you can find all the video shows that I'm doing over there, too. There you go. Excellent. So thank you to the chat room. Thanks to uh, Mark over at podcastbranding.co and Dan at based on a true story podcast.com. And I've got another seven seconds to kill. So I guess this is where we dance or something of that nature. But uh, thanks to everyone for showing up. If you have a question... You can always go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash ask, and we'll play it on a future episode. So thanks to everyone, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Here we go with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. Likes, subscribe, ring the bell, that whole nine yards. Go watch Dave on the uh, podcast Hall of Fame video in YouTube. That's it. We should have brought that up. Yeah, hot. That's yeah. it, that's now complete with Adam Carolla. It is. I saw that last night. So yeah, check out the Hall yep. of Fame video. So we'll see you next week, everybody.